Good morning. Good morning, Village Fam. We have about a minute before service starts. We're going to get started here in about one minute. So if you're in the back, come on into the sanctuary. Come on in where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Right, family. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Village Church. Welcome to the Village Church where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Family, if, if this is your first time visiting with us, welcome to the Village. And if you uh, uh, would scan the QR code, which is located on the front of the worship guide, um, that would allow you to connect to all information about our church online, um, info like the giving of tithes and offerings along with our social media platforms, all in one convenient place. Um, and if you are a first-time guest, please scan that QR code and um, select that tab that says first-time guest. That way we can get to know you and you can get to know us. Amen. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offering is an act of worship, and you may give to the vision and mission of the church online. Or you may mail a check for our address, 2103 Virginia Boulevard. Or after service, you may drop your offering in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Some quick announcements. Upcoming, there's a choir practice for First Steps and Village Kids. I'm so excited about that. I'm going to say it twice. There's a choir practice for First Steps and Village Kids this upcoming Wednesday, November the 30th at 530. Um, the kids will be singing for worship on December 4th. So, I am so excited for that. I'm so excited to have all of our youth participating. We're going to be singing Christmassy songs. It's going to be great. Please um, bring your kids to choir practice. If you uh, even even if you can't make it to the practice, uh, I I believe there's already been a flock note sent out with all the songs that we're singing. So go ahead and have your kids start working on some of those songs. I'm so excited to have our kids in, in worship. Amen. Uh, please note that um, donations are needed for First Stop, um, are listed on the back of the worship guide, and collections will continue through December 11th. And many thanks to uh, Ms. Dolores Lee for de- for decorating our building for Advent. Doesn't it look great in here? Yeah, the outside too, yeah. These are our announcements. Please govern yourselves accordingly. Now let's transition into worship. If you don't mind standing and, and singing this, quick, simple song with us. It says, thank you, Lord. Amen. 
can't think of anything more appropriate after Thanksgiving than to tell God thank you. Because he's a good God. Amen. And he's a worthy God. Amen. And he's a righteous God. And he deserves all of our praise and our adoration and our glory. Amen. Them for 
forever and ever. Save and free. Amen. All right, you guys know this song, so don't feel feel afraid to sing along with us, all right? Water you turned into wine. You opened the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. There's none like you. Into the darkness, say, into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes, out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. Say, none like you, none like you. Our God is greater, say, our God is greater, our God is stronger. Lord, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, say, our God, our God, oh. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like there's no one like you. There's none like you. There's none like you. Our God is greater, say. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God, our God. Everybody say, our God is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any. Uh, our God, our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God. Say, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, say, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand? Say that again. And if, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then stay right there. And if our God, and if our God is for us, then what could ever stop us? And if our God is, what could stand? What could stand? One more time, say. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand again? Everybody say what can stand again, say. Say what can stand again. Oh, our God is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us, say. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is, what can stand? Say, what can stand? And if our God, if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God, what can stand? Say, what can stand against? Oh, say what can stand against? Say what can stand? What can stand against? 
off, say, Our God is stronger, say, Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. One more time, say, Our God is greater. Our God is, our God is stronger. God, you are higher. Our God's a healer, say. Our God's awesome in power, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Oh. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you humbly right now thankful for this moment that we have to gather together as like-minded believers without the threat of persecution or hurt or harm or danger, to come together in this place to sing praises to our God who is awesome in power, our God who is for us, our God who is a healer, our God who is stronger, our God who's greater and higher than any other. Father, we're so grateful for this moment. Because we don't deserve it, and you give it anyway. Because you're a good God. Because you're a gracious God. Because you're a worthy God. And because you chose us to be your people. So, Father, we come humbly to say thank you. Father, in this moment of prayer, we want to take time to confess our sins and our transgressions and the, and the ways that we've fallen short. And to humbly and graciously accept the gift of grace that you freely give. Even though we don't deserve it, you are our God and we are your people. So, Father, thank you for this, all of your many blessings. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Everybody pull off that turkey and Thanksgiving dinner. Good morning, everyone. Oh, praise the Lord. Good morning, Mary Lou. Uh, blessing to see all of you all today. This Thanksgiving was a wonderful Thanksgiving, but I am tired. I need my energy and my strength together. I'm glad to be up here doing the confession of sin because I got a lot of sin to confess. So I'm thankful that God has given us an opportunity. You laughing, but I'm dead serious. But uh, God is good. His mercy endures forever. So um, God is good. And so he gives us an opportunity to go before his throne when we are weak, we are falling short, to confess our sins so we may be healed. This morning's scripture is going to come from Hebrews chapter 13, 9, 9 do not do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. And it's a blessing to hear God say that because he's the only one that's going to keep it. He has his keeping power. He draws man to himself. And so it's a blessing that no matter how foolish we are and how far we stray away, he won't let his own get too far before he reels us back in. So let us meditate on that for one minute. Amen. Close your eyes.
Now, as always, our Father's a great God, and he always gives a way of escape. He always gives us a way out when we fall short and when we have not always been where we should be. He's a good God. And the scripture, James 1, 17, declares that every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation, shadow, God's word. Amen. Our scripture reading is from Psalm 119, 1 through 8. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimony, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. The word of the Lord. Nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, oh Lord. Oh, I've tasted and seen. Sweetest of loves When my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Oh, it's in your presence Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome Come flood this place the atmosphere, your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, oh, your presence, Lord. Sing that again, say there's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living home. Oh, your presence, Lord. 
Be great. Drive your palmers in his hand. Mother and father may forsake you, he never will. Be grateful. Jesus is the light of the world, you're the temple. Be grateful. Pay the price for your sin. How does it feel like? Good. Would be great. What then shall we say to these things? God is for us. Who can be against? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how how will he not also with him graciously give us all? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding? Who shall separate us from the love of God, the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, stress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, no things present, no things to come, no powers, no height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and defend Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, we thank you. The sin that we struggle with won't separate us from you. The disappointments in life won't separate us from you. Disappointments in our relationships will not separate us from you. Disappointments that we have in our jobs and careers and our finances will not separate us from you. We thank you, Father, that not, no, 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 the powers of hell will be able to separate us from your love. We thank you for that. Though sometimes it feels like 
you have distanced yourself from us. Sometimes it feels like your your discipline is separation, but it's not. Our feelings are not always reflective of what is true about you. Your word says, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also through him give us all? We thank you, Father, that you see the beginning, the middle, and the end of our life. We thank you that you're with us and in all of us. We thank you that you know that we are but dust. You know that even those who have seven faith in Jesus will sometimes fall short. You know that we get tired. You know that we burn out. You know sometimes we just don't think we can go on anymore. You know. And we don't have to come in here and pretend like everything in our life is just great. We're tired. We're disappointed. We're frustrated. Because if we're honest, none of our lives are as we want it to be. And it's okay. Because you are everything that we need. You are everything that we need. The word says that you are a faithful high priest. That you have been tempted in any way like we are, and yet you are without sin, so that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence because of what you have done. We've all made mistakes. We've all made bad decisions. That's why Christ died. He died for real sin, not for pretend stuff. Real sins he died for. Sins that we struggle with and the sins that we will struggle with in the future. And when you said it is finished, Lord, it is finished that we know that our sins are no longer counted against us because of you. And that, that doesn't make us go out and live how we want to live. That should make us more grateful. That we get to stand before the present. A Yahweh Elohim without fear. Without fear of judgment. Thank you that you like us. Thank you that you want to be with us. Thank you, Jesus, that even now the word says you are still making intercessions for us. Right now. 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 Valley of shadow of death. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. Thank you. Thank you when you ascended into heaven. You didn't leave us alone. You you said the helper would come, and he came in Pentecost. Thank you. If we're honest as Christians, we are a kept people because of your goodness. You never promise a pain-free life. You never promise a life where everything will go according to our calendar and our planner, but you have promised to be with us until the end. Your presence is powerful. Your presence should be heaven to us. Because out of all the people in the world, there's only one group of people who can say with confidence that God is and it is those who have faith in Jesus Christ. 
forgive us for the times in which we live like atheists, for we do not believe. For we live as if you're not real. For we live as if Jesus is not enough. For we live as if we got to climb up on the cross with him. Forgive us for our self-righteousness. Forgive us of our judgments, judgmental attitude. Forgive us for worshiping our performance and our productivity. Forgive us for not acknowledging your lordship in our life. None of this stuff belongs to us. We have a kung fu grip around our life. The Holy Spirit, you got to unloose it. So that we can say, Lord, have my relationship, have my money, have my stuff, have this ministry, have this church, have my kids, have, have it all. We have no joy because we live as if we're godless of our own life. We are not God. We are not the Christ. There is only one king. He does not share his power with the enemy. Not even the king. We thank you that you do not treat us as our sins. Thank you that you would never forsake us. Thank you for being good, for being faithful, for being a provider, for being a healer, for being a sustainer, for being a father for being a good keeper, for being a God who disciplines us to love. Thank you for all those things. Christ's name that I pray. Well, good morning, saints. Have your Bible, please, open it to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Wholeness leads to a more balanced life. Y'all remember that uh, statement from last week's sermon that was the main point. Wholeness leads to a more balanced life. Do we believe it? Talked about that in the first four verses of Psalm 119. And it's that this main point will still be the main point of verses 5 through 8. Last week we saw that wholeness looks like integrity. That we experience wholeness by, by, how, about, by applying God's word in our life with integrity. And second, we saw that wholeness looks like affection. We experience wholeness when the affections of our heart are properly anchored in Jesus. But what does that mean? That means you love Jesus more than you love yourself. It means you love Jesus more than you love his blessing. Sometimes we love the blessing more than we love the giver. So wholeness looks like us loving Jesus more than we love the things that he gives us. And thirdly, we're going to see today, wholeness looks like Wholeness looks like. Please pray with me for me. Holy Spirit, as we come to the preaching of the word, we need you to take these words of mine to apply it to my heart, my mind, and 
the hearts and minds of everyone that's here. Because without you, Holy Spirit, preaching has no power at all. It has no power if you don't move. Take these words apply to our hearts. So, Holy Spirit, you are our counselor. You are the deposit that guarantees our inheritance. So, corporately as a body, we come and we submit ourselves to you. Will you fill this place? Will you fill this place with your goodness and your glory? Will you use these words to minister to our hearts, to our minds? I pray for all this in Christ. I once read an article in Home Life magazine titled, Stripping the Veneer. Stripping the Veneer. The author begins the article by saying, her life is a walking contradiction. She says her life is a walking contradiction. She says her inward dialogues with herself sound something like this. I'm a follower of Christ who has experienced his redemptive touch. And yet, I'm self-seeking and superficial. I have no rational reason for these contradictory realities. To openly confess this feels as if I have swallowed an entire apple and it has settled. Can any of you relate to her words? Do you sometimes feel like you have swallowed an entire apple and it has settled? We're honest with ourselves, and the answer is yes. The answer is yes. These contradictory realities are realities for all believers. We often feel like we're walking contradictions. We often think we are walking contradictions. You see, believers are followers of Christ who have been, who have experienced this redemptive touch, and yet we are self-seeking. Contradictory realities. How and why is this reality true? How is it that this is true for those of us who have saving faith in Jesus Christ? I'll tell y'all. 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2 says, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins of the world. This means Jesus dies as our substitute on the cross for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And his shed blood pays the full price for us. It's not a partial price. It's not a half price. It's not putting it on layaway. It's all paid in full. But do we believe it? You see, because of the finished work of Christ, people who have saving faith in Jesus are no longer enslaved to sin. Amen? And if you have saving faith in Jesus, sin is no longer your master. Amen? You have been set free from sin's power and sin's dominion over your life. You no longer have to live in sin, but you will struggle. I will struggle. So, TBC Saints, there will be days, weeks, when our lives are walking contradiction. Oh, amen. There will be days and even months when, when our lives don't always look like verses 1 and 2. Of this chapter of Psalm 119. What does verses 1 and 2 say? Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who keep the walk in the law of the Lord. We will struggle to have integrity in the way that we apply God's word to our lives. We will struggle to, to have the affections of our heart properly anchored in Jesus. 
So this means our experience of wholeness will be filled with imperfection. But do you believe it? Because there is no magical formula, Christian formula, or prayer that you can pray to make this untrue. There's no Bible study. There's no celebrity pastor you can follow and listen to that's going to make this untrue. Your experience, my experience of wholeness on this side of heaven will be filled with imperfection. But do you believe? The psalmist does. Look at what he says in verse 5. He says, Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. These words, oh, may my ways be steadfast, is an honest admission that the psalmist's ways are not steadfast in keeping the Lord's statutes. He's asking that his ways and his life may look this way. Ways is referring to the psalmist's his heart and his life. He has the desire for his heart and his life to be steadfast in keeping the Lord's statutes, but his heart still places its affections on things outside of the Lord God. His life still falls short of the Lord's instructions and commands and will. And the same is true for us. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you still love other things more than Jesus. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you can, you can read this Bible entirely year after year, your life will still fall short. But do you believe? But do you believe? The psalmist, he, he feels this tension. He, he sees that his life is a walking contradiction, and he admits that his ways are not steadfast. He admits the struggle is real. He and he accepts it. Why does he accept it? Because the Lord has given him freedom. And the same is true for us. Jesus has given you freedom to struggle. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? He has given you freedom to struggle. Think about freedom in Christ. One of those freedoms is you have freedom to struggle. You have freedom to fall short. Because you're going to fall short anyway, right? Am I talking to somebody? And we have to accept this in order to experience holiness. Remember, holiness looks like acceptance. And acceptance means you embrace the contradictory realities of your life as a Christian. You have to embrace that thing. You have to own it. Acceptance doesn't mean you just settle in your sins and struggles. It mean, it doesn't mean you just throw your hands up and say, well, I call it quits. I'm just going to sin all the more. Doesn't mean you make a truce with your sin. Doesn't mean you stop fighting. Acceptance looks like us having a realistic expectation about life on this side of heaven. What's your expectation for the church, for yourself, for other Christians on this side of heaven? What is your realistic expectation? Our experience of wholeness will be filled with When you judge other people because of imperfections, that means you have an unrealistic expectation about what life is on this side of glory. The church 
and believers, our life here is never going to be what it's going to be. Now, we reflect what it's going to be, but it's just a taste. Because when we get to the other side of glory, there is no more struggle, no more sin, no more death, no more disappointment. But on this side, it's going to be filled with it. No amount of scripture memory is going to change. That can help you and comfort you, but it's not going to change the fact that there's life is. It is. Relationships are struggle. Jobs are a struggle. Being part of a church is a struggle. It just is. Living in your neighborhood is a struggle. Raising kids is a struggle. Marriage is a struggle. Friendships are a struggle. Family life is a struggle. Some of you experience that over Thanksgiving. One of my favorite authors, Brene Brown, says, you are imperfect. You are wired for struggle, but you're also worthy of love and belonging. Does the turkey and dressing still set selling in y'all here? You are imperfect. You are wired for struggle, but you are worthy of love and belonging. Jesus knows that we are but dust. He knows, but yet he loves us. He knows that our lives will often be a walking contradiction, yet he wants us to belong to him. He knows no amount of spiritual growth is going to make his beloved people perfect. And Jesus is okay with this because he was perfect for us. If you don't believe that, you would never have joy. He was perfect for us. So he's given you freedom to struggle at being a parent. He gives you freedom to struggle at being a spouse. He's given you freedom to struggle at being a sibling. He's given you freedom to struggle at being part of a church family. He's given you that. We always forget that we're sheep. He does. He does. He's okay with us. He was perfect. He was perfect. Remember the article that I mentioned earlier, stripping the veneer. The veneer is a, is, a, is a, an attractive appearance that covers or disguises someone's true value and feeling. So sometimes as Christians, you can pretend to be something that you're not. It's that, it's that Facebook life. Everything's perfect. Smile. Marriage is perfect. Kids are perfect. You're perfect. Everything is great. That's the veneer. It's not real. So when you strip off the veneer, the only way to do that is through confession. It says acknowledging faults and flaws. Not faking it, but facing it. She created a new word there. Now, love When you live in the veneer, you're faking You know it ain't. But when you're drawing closer to Jesus, when you're drawing closer to him, it, you will take off the veneer. You know what? Because of the blood of Christ, I ain't got to pretend anymore. You know how much work it takes, time and energy it takes to pretend? To keep up the lie? It's exhausting. 
So Jesus has given you freedom to finally set yourself free from the veneer. Will you walk in that freedom? Freedom to admit fault. Freedom to admit flaws. Freedom to stop being safe. To actually live by faith. So young people, are you going to fake it or are you going to One leads to joy, one just leads to so much But you always got to keep up the appearance. You know what I mean. Faith in it looks like acceptance. See, faith in it looks like acceptance partnered with repentance. Faith in it looks like acceptance. Accepting the reality of your walking contradiction. So that's true, but you partner that with repentance. Do you repent? Because repentance isn't for God. It's for us. It gets the monkey off our back. Because we still struggle. So you accept the fact that you are walking contradiction, but you partner that with repentance. You're embracing that. Christians experience wholeness by accepting our continued struggles with sin with a repentant heart. If you take notes, write that down. Christians experience wholeness by accepting our continued struggle with sin with a repentant heart. What is repentance, Pastor Alex? You acknowledge that you have fallen short of God's you asking the Holy Spirit to help you not to return to your vomit. Because living in sin is you eating your own vomit. Who's going to go back and eat their own vomit? That's what we do when we live in unrepentant sin. We throw it up and we eat it back up. That's what it looks like living. Yeah, that's a good, right, great word picture. So if you're living in sin, you enjoy eating vomit. If you live in unrepentant sin, that's what you eat. It does not taste good. It does not taste good. We accept that we struggle to apply God's word to our life with integrity. We accept that it would be a struggle for the affections of our heart to be anchored in Jesus. We accept that our experience of wholeness will be filled with many Jesus is okay with it. We're the ones that's not okay. And if you judge other people, that shows you that you're not okay. What's one of the things that many Americans feel like they just can't live without? This is congregation participation. Mm-hmm. Football. Anything else? What was that? Coffee? A lot of us can't live without coffee. Electricity? Smartphone. Bingo. It's cell phone. Cell phone. Okay. But I want to focus on cell phone. In December 2021, Reviews.com surveyed a thousand Americans 
18 years or older about their cell phone habits and behavior in order to get a picture of what those habits would be this year in 2022. The survey revealed that 74% of Americans feel uneasy to leave their cell phone. 48% of them say they feel a sense of panic and anxiety when their cell phone battery goes below 21% of Americans say they check their cell phones within the first 10 minutes of waking up. On average, Americans check their cell phones 344 times per day. That's once every four minutes. What do y'all think about that? The data shows us that, that we as Americans have become dependent upon our smartphones. This is only natural because we are dependent creatures, right? So when it comes to our cell phones, we are dependent upon a device that's outside of us. The cell phone don't live in us. It's outside of us. Because as human beings, we are dependent creatures. We are dependent upon things for our existence. We're not self-existent like God. God is self-existent. He doesn't need anything else for his, for his existence to live. But we do. So finally, wholeness looks like dependence. Dependence. We experience wholeness imperfectly through dependency upon the Holy Spirit. But do you believe? Look at verse 5 again. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Another translation for that, uh, for the verb steadfast, is established. The psalmist wants his ways to be established in keeping the Lord's statutes. He wants his heart and his life to be established. But he knows. He doesn't have the power within himself to establish his own heart. Can you establish your own heart to keep God's statutes? Can you? Do you have that kind of power? Do I have that kind of power? answer is no. The psalmist is confessing the limitations of his own performance and productivity. There's a limit to what we can do as Christians. And as American Christians, we need to hear that. Because we believe, if I just work hard enough, It'll come true. If I just pull myself up by my own bootstraps, it'll happen. That's anti-kingdom. That's not how things work in God's kingdom. And I've said this once before. If you are a Christian, then you live on government assistance. You live on food stamps. It's all great. If you don't believe that, then you do not live in the kingdom. It's different from what it means to be here. We are dependent upon God's grace. We are dependent. We bring nothing to the table. All you bring to the table. You stand before those pearly gates, he ain't going to want to hear what you did. He ain't going to want to hear your list of things that you did. All he's going to want to know is, did you know my but if you get up there saying, well, I did this, and I did this, I, that's not good. Did you know my that's, that's what good. So the psalmist is confessing his need. He's not faking it. He's faithing it. He needs the Lord to establish his heart and his ways to keep the Lord's statutes. And it's only after the Lord has moved in his heart that the psalmist can do what he says in verses 6 through 8, look at those words. Look at these words. 
It says, then I should not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous rules, I will keep your stat- I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake. The psalmist cannot use the pronoun I if God has not moved. Those I pronouns are a response to God's work in his heart. So what does that mean for us? Everything you do for God is what he's already done. Everything you do is a response to him moving. We never move first. We always move after him. All these amen statements, I'm getting nothing. The same is true for us today, Christ Jesus. You believe that you live that. This is what Paul says about the Holy Spirit in Romans 8. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. This in the, in the fact the spirit dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of God does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You cannot be a Christian without the spirit. So the question for some of you is, do you know Jesus? And you may leave this church and complain about me as a pastor, but you will never be able to say, Pastor Alex never preached the gospel. You won't be able to tell that lie I'm giving you the gospel every week. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Have you come to a place where you have surrendered your life to Jesus in saving? John people older. This is the most important thing you're gonna decide you ever gonna face in your entire life. Where do you stand with Jesus? Where do you stand with? Have you surrendered your life to him? This is more than just a story. This is life and death. Christ died truly for real sin, for your sin, because he loves you. And through faith in him, you can be, you can move, move from being his enemy and his friend, from being an orphan to being beloved. All the peace and joy, happiness you're looking for is wrapped up. Everything else. Only one solid rock. And it ain't stuff. Not success. Not the right relationship. Not boyfriend, girlfriend. Not marriage. Not being a wife or a husband. Not getting that nice job or going to that fancy school or, or being in Christian ministry. All that stuff have its place, but they're poor saviors. They feel, they feel with imperfection. Only one person who helped to walk the face of the earth without imperfection, and that is Jesus. Why would you not come there? Why would you not come there? If you do know him, the way we navigate this life with him is through dependency upon the Holy Spirit. That is an evidence, that's another evidence that God loves us. That he, the Spirit lives in us supernaturally. Listen, I can't explain it. 
word says it's true, so I believe it. So I believe it. It's only through dependency upon the Holy Spirit that your eyes can be fixed upon the Lord. It's only through dependency upon the Spirit that our hearts will praise God. It's only through dependency upon the Holy Spirit that you will learn and keep his instructions with both your heart and your life. It's only through the Holy Spirit that you can experience wholeness imperfectly. Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Do you believe that? He intercedes. You know the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf too. When you don't know what to pray, he gives you the words to pray. He's the one who, when you, whenever you're convicted of sin, you think that's you doing it? You think that's your own heart doing it? That's the Holy Spirit. So if you're doing something, you feel some sorrow and conviction as a Christian, that's the Holy Spirit. He leads us into all truth. He's the guarantee that, 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 that uh, the guarantee of our inheritance. He is the one who enables us to navigate the world. Anytime you give gain understanding of the scripture. Put it this way. How many times have you read a verse? You get different insight every time you read it. Then that's you? Or is that the Holy Spirit? Spirit. Never you. You can read the same passage over and over again. Read it this year and saw something else. I read it next year. Huh, I didn't see that last year. Moving in you, giving you insight. So he helps. The Spirit is the one who enables us to apply to apply God's word to our lives with integrity. He is the one who enables the affections of our heart to be anchored in Jesus. He enables us to accept His affections to live in this life. He enables us to to live dependent lives that depends upon His power and His wisdom and His guidance. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke eleven. What father or parent among you, if his child asks for a fish, would give, instead of a fish, would give a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? When was the last time you asked God to give you more than? We ask him for other stuff. When was the last time you asked him, help me be more sensitive to spiritual wisdom? God. Help me to be more sensitive. Help the Holy Spirit to give me the boldness I need to be a good parent, spouse, share the gospel. When was the last time you asked for more of the Spirit? As American Christians, the answer is probably what we think, I read the right book, listen to the right preacher, the TED Talk, the conference, that's what it is. Christianity is supernatural. If you never pray to the Holy Spirit, never ask God for the Holy Spirit's presence to be more real in your life, then you're probably not. The same is true for you. same is true for I'm in the same, I'm, at the, I'm beneath the cross with y'all. Asking God. So my challenge for each of us this week 
is to do just that. Spend some time praying through the Holy Spirit. Ask the Father to give you more of the Spirit's power and presence and guidance in your life. Luke, and Jesus says, Father, answer such prayers. Because many of us aren't making progress in our struggles because we're not asking the Spirit to help. We think we got it. We think we got it. You don't have it. You don't have it. Father, we don't have it, but you do. We don't have the strength to do it, but you can. So my prayer for all of us as we go out into the world this week, that we will pray for the Spirit to give us wisdom, to give us strength, to give us courage, to give us boldness. And also ask the Holy Spirit to help us to be kind to ourselves. Sometimes we beat ourselves up. So Father, give us what we need, even though we might not think we need it. I pray for everyone here that they'll be filled with grace. The Holy Spirit, you will give us more of your presence in the places where we really live. Help us to feel your presence in the mundane. Because most of life is lived in the mundane. Regular, everyday ups and downs of life. Help us to experience you there. Day to day struggle. I pray for all of this. Christ, wonderful and Thanks for y'all. Please stand as we close. grateful heart give thanks to the holy one give thanks because he's given jesus christ his son give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the holy one give thanks because he's given jesus christ his son and now let the weak say i am strong let the poor say i am rich because of what the lord has done for us and now let the weak say i am strong let the poor say i am rich because of what He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ our Son. And now, and now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, of what the Lord has done for us. And now, and now, 
Thank you. 